This is the fifth and final installment of the Caveat Emptor series. This story is told from the perspective of a male. All names have been changed to protect their identity. Part 5. Going in Circles I'm Tasha Wheelhouse, and this is Copper Shock. I reveled in being alone until the night this happened to me. I was chasing Raquel in a game we made up. We called it Shark. She and I ran around the entire house. The hallway connected to the front door, down a hallway of bedrooms into the kitchen. And through the kitchen, there was a back hallway of bedroom doors until it circled around again to the front door. If I was Shark, I would give Raquel a 15 second head start. She'd walk off in one direction of our house, and when it was time, I'd go chase her. Raquel was allowed to change her direction whenever she'd like, but if I caught her during the chase, then it was her turn to be Shark. Okay, I'm going to go now, she said. But this time, if I can sneak up on you by tugging your shirt, you stay it. I liked that twist. It meant that I could get caught too, which only heightened the suspense. I closed my eyes and started counting. I heard her little padded feet run down the hallway. I smiled to myself. I was going to hunt her down and tag her. This game required stealth, which I felt I was very good at. After counting out loud to the number 15, I started to tiptoe down my hallway toward the front door. Passing the den opening, I scanned to see if she was in the safe zone. It was empty. I then heard a board creak from around the corner. Was she trying to wait there to tag me first? I smiled and slid my back against the wall, creeping carefully up to the corner. I leaned forward and thrust out my hand. It fell through nothing but air. I poked my head out. The hallway corner was empty. I stood a moment, straining my ears. <laughs> a small giggle from behind me in the distance around the inside of the kitchen. Walking through the door, all of the table chairs were strewn about the floor. At first I was confused. I carefully stepped around them as I approached the back hallway that led up front from the side. I heard a bedroom door click shut. That cheater! Did she duck into one of the bedrooms? If I caught her, she deserved a small Indian burn from me. I still wanted to scare her, so I quietly pranced up to the door. I pressed my ear up to it. I heard her breathe. I reached out my hand, clutching the cold brass door handle. Just then, a hand tugged on the back of my shirt. Tag, you're still it, Raquel laughed from behind me. I whirled around to see my short little sister, standing there with big brown eyes and a face of pride for outsmarting her ten-year-old big brother. I stared at her dumbfounded, then looked back to the door. I opened it. The room was empty. Raquel, did you go into this room? Her face melted into disdain. That's against the rules, she protested. She felt like I was attacking her integrity, but I furrowed my brow and looked back to the empty room, slowly shutting the door.
Later that night, Dad was out late working again, and I was in the den with one leg swinging over the arm of the couch. Nick! My mom appeared in the archway, putting on her coat and swinging her purse onto her shoulder. Nick, will you turn down that TV for a minute? You coming with us? No thanks. I'll stay here. Digimon is on. Okay. Come on, Raquel. Cassandra. Mom, I want to stay home and watch TV too, Raquel whined. Sorry, baby, but you're not old enough to stay home alone. Nick is. My mom then pushed the girls out the door. Before she closed it, she leaned in and said, We'll just be going to the grocery store. We'll be back soon. Dad might be home before I come back. The front door swung shut. I inhaled a large breath and yawned. I definitely didn't want to go grocery shopping. Where we lived, it was literally a half-hour drive to the nearest grocery in town. In addition, there was walking around the store, waiting for mom to pick something to buy, and dragging my feet past all the junk food I wish she would buy. It just wasn't as appealing as having time away from my little sisters and getting to watch anything I wanted on the TV without having to share. After Digimon, some other cartoon came on, and then something else, and something else after that. It was one of those nights where you're watching the TV for so long in the evening that you don't realize the sun has gone down outside. No lights have been turned on around you, and you don't understand that until it's too late. You are totally enveloped in darkness, with only the blue light from the small TV screen to keep you company. After my sixth or seventh episode of cartoons, I became aware that I was in the den with no other lights on in the house at all. That felt deserted to me. It's pretty late, and I'm wondering where my mom is. I don't think it would take this long. A figure crossed by the doorway to the den. I only caught a glimpse of the red, white, and black plaid shirt before it disappeared into the hallway out of view. I smiled to myself. It was Dad. Ever since my mother had begun to feel anxious in this house months ago, my dad would make fun of her and us about it, making it light. He would come home and sneak into the front door. He would ease in while we ate dinner and jump out to spook us. This worked almost 100% of the time. He was so good about sneaking in the house that I decided, this time, I'm going to catch him in the act. I patiently got up off the couch, trying not to make the springs squeak, and entered through the back hallway. As mentioned before, this house had a large hallway that lined the whole house and linked back to the front door. The den with the TV sat in the middle of this. I figured if Dad was going one direction down the hallway, I could go the opposite way. I tiptoed down the back hallway to the kitchen taking careful steps. I reached the doorway and lean in to peek. The kitchen was enveloped in darkness. I stuck my hand out, reaching for the chairs. I didn't want to accidentally push one across the tile floor, giving away my position. I felt the cold tile underneath my toes, and with relief, reached the front hallway door, successfully dodging all the table chair obstacles. I leaned forward to look. 
no sign of my dad. I then slid my hands over the wall, walking toward the front door. I could still hear the childlike music buzzing from the TV in the den as I walked forward. I'm starting to get nervous, wondering if he was hiding in one of the rooms and I went right past him. I walked back into the den, rather vexed. I stood there in front of the TV, which was now playing some late night TV show. That moment, standing at the center of the room, realizations began to bubble and surface bit by bit. I listened to how quiet the house was, how delicately I'd inched from the hallway to the kitchen and back to this den. Most importantly, my dad did have white hair. However, I've never seen him wear a red plaid shirt like that. I don't know how I came to the following conclusion, but it struck me all at once. I am the only living person in this house. My mind recalled the vividness of the figure I'd seen pass in the corner of my eye. The way he slithered past the door wasn't natural, and I felt that it was shadows from the TV playing tricks, but the back of his head was misshapen, flat, and darkened. The little hairs on my arms stood up and began marching like ants. I felt the prick on the back of my neck of absolute, raw fear. The TV died and turned off. The entire room was engulfed in blackness, the thickest blackness to imagine, like a cave. I held my hand up right in front of my face and couldn't see it. My pulse quickened. I could hear boot footsteps down the hallway outside the den. I remember my breath catching in my throat and thinking, this can't be real. This is happening to someone else, not to me. I crouch down into a ball as I hear the footsteps stop just outside the den archway. I put my arms out behind me and crab walk my way backward until I feel the wall bump my head. A horse neighed outside the far window. It was faint, but I heard it. I've never heard an animal scream, but that's what I think it was. Now breathing in the black space ahead of me, I slid along the wall an inch at a time, feeling my fingernails dig into the bumps of the drywall. I kept going until I felt the corner. A cock of a gun. The click was unmistakable. A low rumble of something filled the room. I cowered, shrinking to the floor, hugging my knees to my chest. I was crying. Please, leave me alone. Was it him? The man who lived here before or something else that took him over during the weakness of his pain? I sat there for minutes, trying to decide what to do. I didn't want it to get me, but there was nowhere for me to go. One step toward me. A second step toward me. I saw the headlights of my mother's sedan roll over the front door window. I could hear the crunching of tires over the gravel of the front driveway. With that little light, 
In the corner of my eye, I saw the outline of it again in the side doorway to the den. There was a slight haze of red cat eyes looking at me. Dark tears of black blood streamed from them over the man's hollow cheeks. He raised his hand to point at me. His fingertips blackened. I screamed and felt my numb body bolt from my corner to the front door. It was my last desperate move. I felt death coming for me. Both of my hands grabbed the front door handle as I violently swung it open. I threw it open so hard it bounded off the front doorstop, almost hitting me as I ran through it to my mother's car, to safety, to company, to my mother's loving arms. I tripped and skidded my knees into the gravel. I stayed there panting and hysterically crying while my mother tended to my scratched knees. There was a man, I howled. I let her know how I thought I was playing hide-and-seek with Dad. Then I followed it through the house, the TV turning off and then seeing the man there when she pulled up. My mother started crying with me. She was tired. She'd been strong for us all for so long, but it broke her heart knowing I was so scared and alone without her. My sisters were distressed to see their big brother and mother hugging each other in fear. My mother told us to stay put as she went in the house alone and turned on all the lights before letting us in. I can't imagine what that had been like for her. Opening the door to the darkness, reaching out your hand for the light, waiting to see if this horror will be revealed to you as you flick on the light. We all waited in the same room together for Dad to get back. The second he came through the door, she marched up to him. We're leaving. Now. I'll explain it to you later, but we are never coming back. I was instructed to grab some clothes and put them into a plastic grocery bag. I then hoisted my blanket and pillow over my shoulder. My sisters and I piled into the back seat and we drove away. We stayed at a hotel for the next few days before moving into a temporary apartment. My mother was true to her word. We never went back. She and Dad did during the day to pack up the house, but never allowed my sisters and I. I remember that night as we drove away to the hotel. I looked behind me through the car back window. The same image I'd had in my nightmare of us fleeing the house but no countdown symbol above it. I knew, in my heart, we'd beaten the timer before it reached zero. End of part five, going in circles. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This episode was produced by me, Tasha Wheelhouse. If you are loving these episodes, don't be shy. Please go ahead and subscribe. We're available on podcasts through iTunes, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher. We're also available on YouTube as well. If you would like to further support this channel, check us out on Patreon or make a one-time donation to us through PayPal. Details on coppershock.com under the support page. I recorded the original interview of the person who provided this story. If you'd like to hear it in his words, please go to coppershock.com, author's additional notes section. Everybody has a story to tell, and I'm dying to hear yours. There's a submission page on coppershock.com if you'd like to reach out to me, because I love hearing from all of you. These adapted stories are copyright of Coppershock, and thank you so much for listening.